0: Hi there, welcome to the Frank and Fun Podcast, this is Hayden,
1: this is Reef. this is Ethan, Emily, and today we're talking about how the pursuit of knowledge can become dangerous.
0: In this segment, we're going to be competing to see who can summarize the plot of the story better in under one minute, and I'm going to start off first.
1: Let's go, Hayden. (sighs) Okay. Ready,
2: set, Go
0: so basically at the beginning of this story there's this person named R. Walton and he really wants a friend and he ends up finding that in Frankenstein who also is very similar to him because they both want um, to find knowledge and didn't have that when they were younger but he has to he goes through his story and explains how the knowledge that he was in pursuit of became dangerous for him and explains that when he was younger he had Um, a lot of hardships in his life when he started when he began to leave for Geneva. his um, mother died after his like lover Elizabeth gave her the illness and then he was at the University trying to find all these like different like he was looking basically for like physiology and then, he... Oh my gosh, you're scared. Nine. Stop! Okay, but basically, Five. he creates a creature oh, with this knowledge, and it becomes two. dangerous, and he runs away Nine. from the creature. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. That right. that really got rough right. at the end, guys.
1: Okay, here we go. Ready,
0: okay. set, go.
1: Okay, so this guy, Wall, and he's on the ship. On his way, he's, um, he meets this guy named Frankenstein and um so they meet and they're like yo what's up they start talking so they frankenstein the old and the wise starts you know talking about his life story because they're very related they're all in the in the pursuit of uh knowledge and some greater good in their life so it begins on Frankenstein's story where he talks about his left. childhood and everything <laughs> and how they adopted this one girl named elizabeth <laughs> i believe um when they went to some european country <laughs> and this girl was uh oh my gosh left. so pretty much through his life <laughs> he's in ser- the pursuit of knowledge he uh tries to find the source of life he creates this monster named frankenstein but he's afraid of this i mean the monster the monster and then the creature and then he's afraid oh my gosh i'm <laughs>
3: So I think it's important to add on that when Victor went to college, he had one professor that was like, everything you've learned is basically useless and you need to go read a bunch of different stuff. And the other professor was like, that's a good idea. You should continue forward with what you've learned. And he gave him a bunch of ideas. And then when his mom died, he was like, I need to reanimate something and attempt to bring back his mom. So he brought, um, invented the creature. And he brought the creature back to life and then the creature is like horrifying to him so he like runs away and just tries to get away and then um, later uh, Justine, the um, one kid dies and Justine is said to have killed him and Justine's like, I didn't do it and then she ends up pleading guilty like by lying and so she moves on and she gets killed and then yeah that's about it. <laughs> I don't really know
0: what else to say i also think it's important to note that that murder he knew was uh the creature and frankenstein didn't say anything about it which kind of is an important part later in the book
3: to really so, keep going The important thing to trace was education throughout the novel since that was the theme in letter one um it was talking about how my education was neglected in letter Oh, maybe four. It was talking about being self-educated. In chapter one, it was talking about being philosophical, singular, talented, um, talented, and fancy, and then that studies were never forced for Frankenstein. Um, and then it was talking about how Frankenstein opened the volume of the work of Cornelius Agrippa Six, I opened it with apathy. <laughs> And then it later said, uh, Cornelius Apigriti, my dear Victor, do not waste your time upon this. It is sad trash. That is what his father had told Victor, which hints at the possible bad track that Frankenstein follows by following what his imagination wanted rather than what was technically science-based. And then after that, it talked about how it said, my father had taken the pains to explain to me that the principles of Abigrita had been, been entirely exploded, that a modern system of science had been introduced, which possessed more greater powers than the ancient, which the powers of the latter were chimerical. Seven, while those of the former were real and practical, under such circumstances I should have known, c- c- I should have certainly thrown Abigrita aside, and with my imagination warmed as it was, I should probably have applied to myself more. To more uh, rational theory of chemistry. So that's like his interaction with his father, which shows like his father didn't really approve of how he was involved with science and wished that he would be focused more on the natural chemistry side that was more modern. But then it talks that then the next quote was it, Frankenstein saying that he did not feel inclined to commence the study, um, did uh, not feel inclined to commence the studying of any modern system. And then it was talking about how he became the instructor of his brothers, which shows that, like, he was the one teaching. So that shows his education that he had gotten, that was maybe mislabeled, he was sharing with his siblings. And then in chapter two, it said that his parents were um, resolved that I should become a student at the University of. In uh, um, then that, uh, um, then that, when when he got there, this was where the one professor that was of the uh, natural science teacher was saying said every instant that you have wasted on those books is utterly and entirely lost. You have burdened your memory with exploded systems and useless names. Good God! In what desert land have you lived, where? No one was kind enough to inform you that these fanties which you have greedily invited are a thousand years old and as musty as they are agent. I, I little expected in this enlightened and scientific age to find a disciple of Albert's Magnus and, and Paracelsus. My dear sir, you must begin your studies entirely anew. But Frankenstein had not desired to continue with his education of what was considered a fact. And he expressed that through saying, I did not feel much inclined to study the books, which I procured at his recommendation, which shows that like, well, he could have begun to study it and switch what he wanted to do and change the course of the book. He chose to stick by what he had originally done and really liked, which shows that he was so determined that he caused a little bit of damage potentially in the fact that he was unwilling to stray from his decided path, and then it also said that um, he went when he went to the second professor. In the same chapter, it said that he departed. I departed highly pleased with the professor and his lecture, and that that showed that he was felt supported by the professor, which allowed for him to. Con- like Oh, I can continue with my studies. I don't have to switch it because uh, the chemistry teacher is more like, oh, yeah, you're good with what you're doing. Just continue on with it. And then the shortly after it says that he was indebted for their most fun. um, The modern books were indebted to the ancient books that Frankenstein had been studying so that was the chemistry teacher's reasoning that it was okay for Frankenstein to continue learning from those books and then in chapter three it said so full of genius and discrimination and then in chapter five it said Clarival was no natural philosopher his imagination was too vivid for the um, minute of science language was his principal study and he sought by acquiring their elements to open a field for himself and instruction on his return to Genovia. And that was the trace of education throughout the first eight chapters of the novel. And it basically showed how Frankenstein had the opportunity at multiple times to change his path, but with his greed for learning what was most considered wrong, he refused to lead change paths, which caused for him to go down the path of making Frankenstein and not doing so good
0: so i know emily talked about the knowledge and like education in the book but i also noticed during the beginning parts of the chapters the foreshadowing of how knowledge led to frankenstein's ruin which i didn't originally notice when i first read it through but in um letter four he explains you seek for knowledge and wisdom as i once did and i ardently hope that the gratification of your wishes may not be a serpent to sting you as mine has been which kind of alludes to this idea that he was really hurt by the acquirement of knowledge and then once again in chapter 2 there's actually a few times that he talks about how the acquirement of knowledge kind of led him to his ruin and These quotes are, it is even possible that the train of my ideas would never have received the fatal impulse that led to my ruin. And then the other one is, immutable laws had decreed my utter and terrible destruction. I think it's important to note here that this was kind of like the beginning of him explaining his life, and it foreshadows from a young age how his knowledge kind of took him to where he is now and why when he was young knowledge led to his ruin which overall shows the danger of knowledge and definitely foreshadows how this is going to affect him later and then in chapter four he also says learn from me how dangerous is the acquirement of knowledge which once again just kind of alludes and signifies our theme of this podcast Um, and I think it's really important to note that Frankenstein didn't see it at the time but looking back knows that that's what led him to his destruction is like his want and desire to be knowledgeable and to have knowledge that other people didn't led to his destruction
3: Another pattern that was throughout the book was um, the continuation of the, con- um, the change in weather of like good weather and bad weather. Like in the, first le- uh, the second letter, there was, it was talking about how there was so much frost and snow and that um, the voyage was delayed because um, until the weather shall permit and then the w- winter has been dreadfully severe. So in the first letter, the second letter, not the first, it constantly talked about how bad the weather was, and that was before uh, Victor Frankenstein came into the scene. And then in the third letter, it also talked about floating sheets of ice, which had previously kept them trapped so they couldn't leave. And then in the fourth letter, it also continued to talk about how they were surrounded by ice, which closed in on all sides of the ship. And then it talked about the mist clearing, and then... Of Frankenstein coming into the boats uh and then uh which chapter is this uh chapter one it talked about the um, there being the most violent and terrible thunderstorm and then how thunder burst at once with frightening loudness frightful loudness from various quarters of the heavens and um, and that happened before somebody died
2: mm, maybe it's also important to include that uh the bad ice and weather uh, during Walton's voyage uh, followed uh, Frankenstein's monster. And I think that kind of carries throughout the book.
3: Yeah. Um, Chapter three, it talked about how it was the most beautiful season. Never did the fields bestow a more plentiful harvest or the vines yield a more uh, luxuriant vintage. Um, And that was when the creature was not present in the scene. And then chapter four it talked about the rain patter it um dismissively against the panes, and then it talked about cold dew which had been when uh victor was near no the the creature was nearby uh chapter five it said the present season was indeed divine the flowers of spring bloomed in the hedges while those of summer were already in the bud which was like commenting on how like good the weather was in comparison to the previous times so uh Frank the creature was nowhere near uh, the scene, and then in chapter six, it said um, the evening was warm and serene. And then after that, it, it said it was exposed to all the damps and dews of the night, and that was when um, the young boy had just died, and they were looking for where he was. And it was talking about how bad and uh, the weather was but it had been good earlier in the evening, which shows that, um, hints at the fact that the creature might have killed the um, boy. And then later it says that um, they were on the water and the waters were placid, all around was calm and the snow, dewy, snowy mountains, the pal- um, palaces of nature were not changed, which shows that like, it had, um, the creature had disappeared again um, chapter 7 it was talking about how um, the gloomy prison chamber which had um, what's her name on it in it the one who was said to have killed the other person Justine yeah Justine um, that it was saying that like her prison was like super like dark and gloomy which hints that maybe the creature had killed the child um, not her so that might have been why oh, I don't want to talk I have like a lot more. Um, And then um, chapter one of the next section said that the weather was uncommonly fine. And then it shifts dramatically to say that, um, later to say that immense glaciers approached the road. So there was a shift from good weather to bad weather. And then that's all the weather through the section.
4: After reading these four letters, um, one pat, one pattern I found was how similar Walton was to um, Frankenstein and how their stories were um, somewhat parallel and the fact that, like in letter three, um, Walton talks about the ideas of loss and loneliness and how he complains he has no friends whom shares similar interests in his ambitions and goals in life, in which case is finding his purpose, and he finds um, a friendship with Frankenstein as we spend time on the same ship.
3: Another important thing to trace through the novel that was a major pattern was um, the contrast of what was considered good and what was considered bad. And in the novel, there was often contrast of evil and good. And it just created this contrast that highlighted the uncertainty of what was good and what was bad. So in the first letter, it talked about in one line, it talked about evil forebodings. And the next, it talked about heaven. In uh, letter four, it just talked about the evils. And then in chapter one, it said that um, it talked about being docile and good tempered. But then, shortly after, it talked about how it had tainted his mind. And then, in chapter three, it said that the sun does not most certainly shine in the heavens. And then, it talked about delight and rapture. And then, later, towards the end of the chapter, it talked about a disease which is considered negative in most connotations. And then, in chapter four, it was talking about grave worms crawling and then a miserable monster. And then on the same page, it also talked about the horror of that countenance. And then a mummy again endured with animation that could not be so hideous as that wrench, which, talk, which kind of contrasts with, with the previous two chapters because the previous chapter had been all about light and good. But then this chapter was just going on about how everything was so dark and negative and that he didn't like it. Um, chapter five, it, again with the contrast with the previous bad chapter, this chapter is more focused on the light and it said that everyone we meet appeared gay and happy and then later it said our own spirits were high and I bounded along with a feeling of unbridled joy and hilarity which shows that the negative didn't stay for long, it just affected negatively and even brought him slowly brought him down because he wasn't dealing with the negative so he slowly sunk deeper and deeper but then he would have moments of high but then he would fall which is shown in the next chapter. It said my journey was very melancholy, but then a contrast with chapter um, seven, because it said that next it said it was warmly attached, which brings good, happy feelings rather than the negative. And it seems to go back and forth in chapters of, oh, we're talking about the good now. Oh, we're talking about the bad. And then sometimes it switches in the chapter, but most of the time it seems to be a good chapter or a bad chapter and stay in that same theme. And then the last one was in chapter one, it said um, the author of uncontrollable Evils, which contrasts with chapter seven, because chapter seven had all about been about how warm and everything is. And this might show how, could contribute to the danger of knowledge. Since when, since negative can be construed depending on who you are, It kind of shows that there's contrast between what everybody thinks is good and bad, and that leaves some gray area where it's undecided whether it's good or bad.
2: Rereading Frankenstein, uh, I kind of found more similarities between characters I did on my first read. So the first one is between uh, Frankenstein and Wallace. Walton. Walton, and uh, just the amount of similarities between them like when they were children their education was sort of neglected and they were allowed to read books and kind of obsess over uh these ideas that they had like uh, with frankenstein it was the ancient sort of uh science and with walton it was exploring the north pole and then uh another weird thing is they both loved their sisters excessively which was kind of weird but anyways moving on uh I think that kind of helps them become like so tight in such a little amount of time, and uh, why Walton feels that he needs to care after Frankenstein so deeply. Uh, another relationship that I found super similar was between uh, Frankenstein's mom and Elizabeth. So Frankenstein's mom, she was basically a, uh, she uh, came from a rich, wealthy family, uh, like high class merchant family, and then through uh, a drought of luck, her and her father became uh, poor and lived in poverty. And then I think when she saw Elizabeth, she saw that in her, how she came from a rich noble family and now lived in poverty. And I think that struck something with her and that's why she adopted her and they created such a close bond over the course of the first third of the book.
4: And Walton's attempt to find this friendship within Frankenstein parallels the monster's desire for a friend later in the novel, as well as the relationship relationship between man and monster and the differences they have. And despite these differences, they may not be as different as they seem. Another thing I saw was how um, this theme of danger of knowledge or motif and just like the theme of this podcast the danger of the pursuit of knowledge is brought up in the letters and one quote that the frankenstein says the Walton is you seek for knowledge and wisdom as i once did and i ardently hope that the gratification of your wishes may not be serpent to sting you as mine has been and this theme is, um, very relevant within the novel throughout it. As we see later, um, his pursuit of Frankenstein's is, becomes very tragic. And he has a lot of, uh, negative consequences that occur through his obsession with finding, um, this unknown truth that Walton also searches for. As these two share one uh, common char- characteristic, which is um, the desire for knowledge um, more unknown to the common man. Another
3: thing, another thing I knew that uh, that was going to be of great importance was the con, car- like the image of fire. In the first couple of chapters, not that much mention of it, but I know it's going to be important later. So I'll just add to the ones for future use that we've already seen. So in chapter one, it said that he beheld a stream of fire. In chapter five, it mentioned a fire that consumes your own heart. And in chapter six, a vast sheet of fire. And then in chapter two of the next volume, it said that he was feeding myself by the fire. So this kind of shows that there was, presence of the creature nearby, but he had not yet affected what Frankenstein himself was doing, which kind of foreshadows the bad things to come.
2: Our golden quote for the first third of the book is in chapter four and it reads, pursuing these reflections, I thought that I could bestow animation upon lifeless matter. I might in process of time, although I now found it impossible, renew life or death had apparently devoted the body to corruption. Uh, I thought this quote was important because uh, last year when I read it, I never really thought about what motivated Frankenstein to create his monster, but uh, I think that quote kind of shows how his mother's death could have possibly motivated that, and I thought that was pretty interesting and unique.
3: Yeah, because his mother had always supported his more personal interests, while his father had been more about Um, his education and his organization so having someone support his desire for like how he learned things would be supported by his mother so by bringing his mother back that would allow for him to have someone who supported him. I also think it's important
0: to note about that quote that like it was like a series of things like it was also that he had been learning about like life and stuff when he was younger, and reading about it, and as Emily said that his mom like really um, like allowed him to do that, and like gave him the support he needed to to do that, and that her death kind of illuminated this, and I think also the fear of possibly losing other people because I know Elizabeth was sick before his mother was sick, that he could possibly lose other people and that could that he loved dearly, and I think that helped him drive to why he wanted to create the monster. Or I yeah. guess to reanimate life and in turn created the monster. And also, I
2: think uh, that his mother's death could have marked the beginning of this repeated like, death and tragedy throughout the book. And that could have kind of been where like the monster first killed. Or that's where like the monster was born out of. It was born out of death and tragedy.
0: Which I think is kind of ironic because... His kind of whole purpose of creating life was to, like, be able to reanimate people. But for him, it was actually the opposite because a lot of people in his life ended up dying, which I didn't really think about in the first read-through. And I just think it's an interesting parallel that, like, the opposite of what he wanted to happen happened. Another golden line that I found was in chapter one when... They were describing the parents of Frankenstein and it said whose future lot it was in their hands to direct to happiness or misery according as they fulfilled their duties towards me. I thought it was interesting because this kind of alludes to that people need love when they're young to prosper and it's an interesting parallel to how Frankenstein treats the creature in the future because he neglects him unlike his parents had done to him And it's just kind of interesting to see that they kind of talk about his upbringing being this amazing thing, whereas the creature wasn't brought up that way, which could ultimately lead to his destruction.
2: So uh, relating a part of the book to my own life is uh, recently I've picked up two injuries and I think that's because of a lack of sleep, just because I've been so, like, busy with homework and school that I haven't had time to get proper rest. And uh, I think that kind of correlates to Frankenstein, how in his mad pursuit of knowledge, he kind of, pursuit of knowledge to create uh, life, he kind of loses his health. And then he's lucky enough to have his best friend, Her- Henry. Henry, come and nurse him back to health so he can eventually go back to his home. And uh, I think that kind of struck something with me because it's sort of the same thing that's going on with me. We're uh, we're both pursuing this knowledge and pursuing excellence and then how our health is kind of being damaged by that.
0: I think in a lot of ways, I parallel with Ethan in his pursuit of knowledge because I am like pursuing to go to like a really good college um and that's just always been a dream of mine just to go to like a good business school so I've definitely like stretched myself kind of thin in some ways in the pursuit of um knowledge and like higher education and done a bunch of extracurriculars and hard classes and I think this year my um health mentally has kind of been at an all-time low because of me pushing myself too hard for the higher acquirement of knowledge which is different than like physical health like Frankenstein had in the book but I still think it's important to note that mental and physical health both were affecting him even though it was more talking about his health physically um and that the danger in acquiring knowledge is that a lot of times it can hurt you mentally or physically.
5: When I generally think about the pursuit of knowledge, I see it as someone learning about their surroundings and becoming knowledgeable about the events that occur around them and why they occur, or eliminating some biases based on their new information that they gained. I generally don't see it as a negative thing. However, The topic of the danger of the pursuit of knowledge in Frankenstein has led me to realize it may not always be a good thing. And as a negative, I guess the greatest danger of knowledge might be that it may not be true as in what you're chasing. I mean, it might be partially true and satisfy your desires and dreams, but may not satisfy your life in the end you might chase something that doesn't exist and then eventually lose out on the things that do exist, like family, friends, the people around you that want to spend time with you, not some non-maybe kind of existing thing that you'll spend all your years chasing, losing out on the time you have with like your family and your friends. And I mean... In my life, in the 16 years I've been on this earth, I definitely don't have any experiences like Frankenstein, but I have seen people lose out on things from chasing something or someone that they never got. Like, I mean, I've seen a friend chase a girl and I don't even know if he liked the girl to the extent on which he was trying, or rather it was just the approval of the girl. Well, this seems kind of childish, you know, compared to like Frankenstein's story. Um it's quite similar, I guess you could say, because he sought the knowledge of whether a girl would like him, the approval of her, the approval of himself, like, from her, rather than accepting, you know, what he has and just living life and, like, being open to, like, people, new people. um, Or maybe just st- spending more time with the boys, you know? <laughs> and... Now, I'm not saying um, not to ch- not to chase your dreams or, like, give up on something that doesn't work out. It's just you need to recognize, like, when chasing something, you need to recognize if what you're chasing is, like, something actually worth it, if it's what you truly want, you know, if it's worth the sacrifices that you're going to make um, during the journey. And if it is just to keep grinding, but if it isn't, that's where it becomes dangerous, like in Frankenstein's case.
0: Thank you so much for tuning into this week's Frank and Fun podcast. Can't wait to talk about it next week.